0: that we might grow to be complete in Christ. I want to again share with you a memory from the past. I remember the occasion well. My wife and I were on a jet blue on our way to Florida at the beginning of December that year. We had just left Linden-Pindling International Airport and were climbing to our cruising altitude. They had just dimmed the cabin lights. It was about 6 o'clock in the evening. I was relaxed, my eyes were closed, and I was probably drifting off into a good snooze since I had had a rushed day getting ready to travel and had been up since about 6 o'clock in the morning for my usual Saturday morning tennis game, my weekly exercise. In that state of semi-oblivion, I became aware of somebody touching me firmly, trying to get my attention. It was my wife. She was trying to get my attention. When I opened my eyes and looked to see what it was that she wanted, she pointed out of the cabin window. I looked out in the direction in which she was pointing. Then I saw what it was that she had wanted me to see so much she was willing to disturb me in my slumber. The plane was climbing rapidly. But out of the window I saw a sight that grabbed my attention immediately. It was beautiful. In a word, it was simply awesome. The sky beside the plain was exceptionally clear. The sky was actually turning a wonderful deep shade of azure blue as the sun was setting lower over the horizon. In the distance I could make out a long bank of deep purple-grey clouds. Blazing up from behind those clouds was the most brilliant burst of orange-red sunlight that I can remember ever seeing in my entire life. I have seen many lovely sunsets in my 67 years, and many were unimaginably beautiful, but they were probably all seen from Earth's perspective. It was at that very moment, maybe 10,000 feet above the Earth's surface, Perhaps it was this new perspective and the clarity of the atmosphere at that elevation that gave me the hues of that sunset that was so superlative, unimaginable brilliance. Whatever it was, incredibly glorious in its impact on my sensory system. As we both marveled at our creator's amazing ability and his supreme creativity, I noticed that high above the sunset, as the sky darkened higher up above the sunset, There was a single lone star, like a brilliant diamond, shining brightly. I thought, what a fantastic contrast, a bright red sunset below and a brilliant star above. We marveled together as the jet blue climbed higher, toward that star actually. As I pondered the beauty of what I have been describing to you, I was absorbed by thoughts of the nativity. After all, it was Christmas, 2014, and coming. And Christmas was only a few weeks away when I was experiencing the event that I've described to you. I imagined the thrill of the wise men as they first observed that unique star in the East, a star that was so obviously different that they knew beyond doubt that this new star in the heavens was the herald of some major celestial or earthly event. Creation was indeed shouting out the good news. We know now that it was the greatest news ever that a Savior had been born. The long-awaited Messiah had come. They made themselves ready for their long trek over to Bethlehem to see the magnificent and wondrous thing that God had revealed to them. I then compared the song of the herald angels to the shepherds keeping watch in the fields that incredible night with a blazing sunset and bright north star that I was privileged to see from the cabin that evening. That night sky for the wise men so long ago was emblazoned in a brilliance that had never been seen before. Later, in the fields outside Bethlehem, the angels sang and announced the birth of the Christ child. This night, my night sky held me breathless with its brilliance and grandeur. God has used his creation, and in particular the sky, to show his power and majesty many times. He will do so again in the future. I am grateful that he showed me his majesty and a tiny part of his fantastic creation that evening as I flew to Florida. And let me take this opportunity now to wish everyone who listens this morning a very Merry Christmas from all of us here at Echoes of Calvary. And now with this Christmas message, here is Senior Pastor Emeritus Alan Lee.
1: Greetings once again in the name of Emmanuel, God with us. Now on behalf of Greg Sweeting, the host of our program, and Nathan Sawyer, our producer and technician I extend to all of our listeners our wishes for a blessed and wonderful Christmas season as you celebrate the birth of the amazing child of Christmas Emmanuel in Luke chapter 2 verse 32 it is stated that Joseph and his mother were amazed at those things which were said about him now we have seen that the first thing that was said about the baby Jesus that made him amazing An amazing child of Christmas was that he was the Son of the Most High, meaning the Son of the Most High God, the El Elion of the Old Testament. This means that the baby Jesus was divine in nature and essence. He was, in fact, God Himself. We also saw that the term signifies that He is equal with the Father in all aspects. He is equal in nature, in work, in power in authority, in judgment, and in honor. Christmas, therefore, and this is my focus, my emphasis in these messages, Christmas celebrates the birth of God into the human race, while remaining to be totally God. What an amazing, awesome statement that is. What an amazing phenomenon. What an amazing child, this child of Christmas. But the second equally amazing thing about the child, who is God, is that this child was also man. Luke 1.31 says, Behold, says the angel to Mary, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. What an amazing statement again. Now, it is an amazing thing for God to come to earth to visit man on any level. He is so far apart and separate from his creation, including man, that this is an amazing thing to occur at any time. But he had done that in the past. God came and went in the Old Testament without the need of a human mother, without human birth. He appeared in the form of human beings. These appearances are called theophanies, God appearing in human form. But however spectacular they were, these were only temporal appearances or manifestations of God. We believe, actually, that they also were pre-incarnate appearances of Jesus Christ. But God's first appearance to man was when he walked and talked in the garden in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. He came down to Mount Sinai later and showed his back to Moses, the text says. He showed himself to Abraham also In the form of an angel. But in none of these appearances did he have to or was he born, especially born of a woman. He did not become human. He simply appeared as or in the outward appearances of a human being. It was not until the first Christmas that God actually became a man while still remaining to be God. That's an amazing feat, to say the least. But that's exactly what this amazing child of Christmas did. And we must never lose sight of this fact, my friends. We must never lose our amazement of this wonderful event. We must do everything to safeguard, to proclaim and to celebrate this amazing event, this amazing child of Christmas. So when Gabriel said to Mary, You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, He was emphasizing the humanness and the humanity of Jesus, the Son of the Most High God. He was and is God, a very God, and also man, a very man. Meaning that he was totally God while also being totally man. What an amazing child Emmanuel was and is. Look for a moment at chapter 1 of Matthew, verse 19, and I quote, Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to divorce her, end of quote. When Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant and he knew he had never had a relationship with her, he decided to divorce or annul the betrothal arrangement because he concluded that she had been unfaithful to him. But the text goes on now, and I quote, But while he thought on these things, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for he has been conceived in her by the Holy Spirit, and she shall bring forth a son. End of quote. Jesus, my friends, was conceived from within, not from without, by God the Holy Spirit, and not by a man. Yet, Her offspring will be man as well as God. What an amazing thing this is. What a mystery this is. And this is what Christmas is all about. The birth of this amazing child, Jesus or Emmanuel. Luke chapter 2 and verse 6 says, and I quote, So it was that while they were there in Bethlehem, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. End of quote. In other words, The usual, normal, natural, nine-month pregnancy of a mother-to-be had run its course. This emphasizes that Mary's birth was as normal and natural as any other birth. The miracle, the amazing element, is the way in which she became pregnant, not in the way she gave birth. Jesus Christ, the amazing child of Christmas, was conceived by the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit— a divine action that we will never be able to comprehend. However, like all other human babies, he was born through the normal stages of human pregnancy. Notice what is said in an almost matter-of-fact way in verse 7, quote, She brought forth her firstborn son. End of quote. Notice the emphasis is on firstborn. This shows that all of Mary's other births and conceptions were natural and normal, and she did have them. However, Jesus' conception was unique. He had no human father. Now, how did Mary do this? How can a woman give a natural birth to a totally human child without the aid of a human father? That's the amazing phenomenon of the first Christmas, my friends, that we must never lose. That's just as amazing and profound as the child being God, him being man as well. The amazing child of Christmas is as totally man as he is totally God. He was and is a real human being, just like you and just like me. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, the text says, and I quote, Wherefore, in all things it was fitting for him That's Jesus, to be made in all things like his brethren. And again in verse 15 of chapter 4, he was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. End of quote. Galatians 4.4 says, In the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law. End of quote. In other words, he was born like everybody else. He came into the world like everybody else, obligated as all human beings are to keep the law of God. That also happened to Jesus. He was made like his brethren in all things except for sin. If Jesus were to be an acceptable substitute for the sin of man on the cross, he had to be man as well as God. If he was to arise from the dead for man, he had to be man. In order for him to die, he had to be born as a man. That's why Paul could say, we have one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. That's First Timothy two five. Jesus' parents were astounded that he was God. They were astounded that he was man, fully God and fully man, a miracle child indeed, an amazing child. That's why we can now sing such things as holy infant so tender and mild, word of the Father now in flesh appearing. See him in the manger lay, veiled in flesh the Godhead see. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Sleeping, my friends, just like any other baby. The babe, the son of Mary. Another writer says, But of lowly birth didst thou come to earth in great humility. Another one says, He was born of David's line, offspring of the virgin's womb, pleased as man with man to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. My friends, I say again, He is God with us even today. Fully man fully god what an amazing child this child of christmas but the third amazing aspect of this child of christmas is the fact that he was not only fully god and fully man but that he was also a sinless man luke 135 says and the angel answered and said to mary the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you and for that reason the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. Notice, the holy offspring. Friends, Jesus was holy. He was perfect. He was born that way, totally without sin. The angel said that the Holy Spirit would come upon Mary, that the power of the Most High would overshadow her. That's really all we know about how the virgin birth conception took place. But we know that the product of this divine overshadowing would be the Holy Son of God. What a fantastic, amazing statement. Think about it carefully and reverently, my friends, and thankfully as you approach the celebration of this remarkable, amazing event. Jesus was and is the only child ever to be born absolutely and completely holy, totally free from any tent of sin whatsoever. Friends, no one has ever produced a holy child except Mary. And she could only do so by the overshadowing and power of the Holy Spirit. Now, it also tells us that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. But it never says that he was holy. He was not sinless, John the Baptist. He was not perfect. He was not without flaw. This is John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus. However, Jesus was the only child ever born sinless, I say, and he will always be the only one to be born in that fashion. He is unique among the sons of men, because he was also the holy child of God. What an amazing child, I say, this child of Christmas. And isn't this truth also a part of our Christmas hymnology? Don't we sing, O morning stars together, Proclaim thy holy birth. Don't we sing, holy infant, so tender and mild. Don't we sing, radiant beams from thy holy face, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Don't we also sing, but in Bethlehem's home was there found no room for thy holy nativity. This is the amazing child of Christmas, my friends, and he was amazing because he was sinless, because he was holy, and he had to be such in order to die for our sins. What an amazing child, I say, this child of Christmas. But that is not all. The amazement of this child continues. This amazing child of Christmas is not only totally God, totally man, totally sinless, an absolute king, but fifth, he's also the savior of the world luke chapter 1 verse 31 says and you shall call his name jesus and to joseph in matthew 121 the angel says you shall call his name jesus for he shall save his people from their sins what else could be said about this amazing child it could be enough for any parent to know that they were going to give birth to the god baby fully God and fully man, absolute sinless and the ruler of the universe. But now to be told that he would also be the savior of the human race. How incredible, how amazing. In Luke chapter 2 verse 11, the angel announcing to the shepherd says, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus is born to be a Savior. Chapter 2, verse 30, Simeon rejoices and he says, Mine eyes have seen thy salvation as he holds this little child. In verse 38, Anna the prophetess, who is a widow of many, many years and has been in the temple serving God with fasting and waiting for the coming of redemption, rejoices for the redemption that has arrived in Jerusalem and spreads the word to all who are looking for that redemption. Jesus came as a Savior. Paul says, quote, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. This is a fateful saying, unworthy of all acceptance. Jesus also says in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Hebrews ten five says, that since the blood of bulls and goats and all the animal sacrifices couldn't take away sin, God formed a body for Christ, that he might come into the world to take away our sin, to sanctify us, to remove our sin, to destroy our enemy, to bring us to spiritual perfection, to make us new creations. My friends, Jesus' human body was created by God to be a perfect sacrifice for our sin yes my friends this is the savior this is the one born to die for the sins of the world there is over the manger the shadow of a cross and that shadow remained all his life long until he went to that cross the only way to save man from sin is to pay the penalty of the sin which is death and so jesus comes to die Is it any wonder then when we sing the Christmas carols, we hear lines like this? Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. My friends, I personally believe that it is by God's design that Christmas carols have maintained great theology and the integrity of the Incarnation, and they surpass all other Christian hymns. They have profound truth if you just listen. To you in David's town this day is born of David's line, the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Peace on earth and mercy mild. Why? God and sinners reconciled. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Then let us all, my friend, with one accord... Sing praises to our heavenly Lord, who has made heaven and earth of naught, and with His blood, mankind has bought. End of quote. Another carol says, "The King of Kings salvation brings." Another one says, "Good Christian man, rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now ye need not fear the grave. Christ was born to save. Christ was born to save." Another carol says, Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we have gone astray. Thou comest, O Lord, with the living word that shall set thy people free. But with mocking scorn and with crown of thorn they led thee to Calvary. My friends, these are some of the wonderful theology and the great truths that some of these traditional carols present for us. I encourage you when you sing them, think about what you're singing. This was an astonishment time then for the parents at the birth of Christ because of who the angel said that he was. He was born a savior and his parents were amazed at what they were told by the angels. I trust that the same wonder and amazement is in your heart as you hear And you meditate upon these great realities during this season. I trust that you will really worship Emmanuel, God with us, this amazing child. As always, this is Senior Pastor Emeritus Alan Lee saying, Selah, think and act on these things. And oh yes, please, have a blessed Christmas.
0: You have been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 o'clock in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We extend an invitation to you to join us on these occasions. If you would like to contact the church or Pastor Lee, address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas.
2: Just the great commander's promise He will surely come again I am listening every morning For the mighty trumpets sound What a time we'll have together When the saints shall leave the ground And our toiling will be over Happening a among- lot